Just Damian Watson joined by Tommy Haylock. And Tommy, it's an opportunity now to discuss all things cricket. And there's a lot happening in the World Cup, of course, the ODI World Cup, which is on overseas at the moment. A lot happening domestically as well. We have, of course, the Sheffield Shield, the Marsh One Day Cup, and the Aussie women are in action against the West Indies. I don't know if you caught Hayley Matthews' effort during the week. Unbelievable. Well, seven best on ground player of the match awards in seven consecutive T20 internationals. Outstanding. She's a superstar. Yes. She could get a game for the men's. Yeah, well, she's going well. The Windies at the moment aren't going well. They're three for 27. So that's, of course, in the one-day format. But it'll be interesting to see how the Aussies go, of course. And no Hayley Matthews name. She's out today. So, unfortunately, that's going to be a big blow for the West Indies. Joining us on the line, former Australian and Victorian spinner Bryce McGain. Bryce, big welcome to you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Very good morning to you, Damo and Tommy. And, uh, well, the World Cup, if I can point our direction there, has been started unbelievably well. Some highlights. I'm still basking in the glory. It's a little bit sad when, uh, after the Ashes, you, you look at uh, England's demise. But I was very pleased with our uh, trans-Tasman partners, uh, the Anzacs, to get yes. the job done over them a few nights ago. But there's been some other highlights since then as well. Yeah, nine-wicket victory for New Zealand, obviously. What disappointed me, though, Bryce, I mentioned it before, was the crowd. It was a case of spot the spectator, effectively. Now, I know that Tommy made the argument before they probably should have the host nation hosting the first game of the tournament. But given it's a cricket-loving nation, were you surprised at the fact that there was very little in attendance there? Yeah, it probably goes to show that uh, if it if it's India are playing, there'll be packed houses wherever they go, wherever they go, and we'll find out tonight against Australia. Australia have an enormous following there as well. The Indians love seeing them play, but uh, maybe there's not quite the appetite for England and New Zealand just yet. I'm sure towards the back end of the tournament, it'll get a bit more exciting, and the locals will be keen to see some quality cricket as it uh, has a bit more meaning uh, later in the tournament. Bryce, Tom Haylock here. Great to have you on. Now, obviously, we, we talk about New Zealand 20 by 9 wickets. Do you reckon Will Young gets out for a golden, walks off and says how hard the pitch is? <laughs> Good call, Tommy. Unfortunately, it was a strangle down leg side. For, and anyone who has played cricket, it's the worst way to go out. A loose ball down leg side would have been a wide. He just uh, glanced it through to, to uh, Josh Butler and the, the, the job was done. He was out for a golden first ball, the second over, and then... Well, it was, it was Conway and uh, an absolute star coming through as well in uh, Jaranda, who um, just peeled it off um, hundreds and uh, got the job done. But, yeah, I reckon he had every right to say, oh, look out, boys, there's plenty happening out there. Speaking of hundreds, we saw 300s from <laughs> South Africa last night, including a 49-ball World Cup record overnight. Um, I want to get your opinion on South Africa. Obviously, they've made their case for the World Cup final. But India, about that $3 mark for the winner. Australia firmed from five into $5.70. Bryce, South Africa are big firmers as well, into $6.80. And England, the drifters, on the back of their first victory. Um, South Africa have got to be some sort of chance here, but uh, who wins the World Cup? Oh, boy. Um, we've packed a lot in there, Tommy. Uh, <laughs> who who wins it? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. I'll hold that. I'll reserve that judgment. But hard to look past India on the home ground, but the pressure of everything that they will have playing at, uh, at nine different venues. It's going to be a hectic schedule that they follow and the pressure of the whole nation on them. Um, it, they don't have to win every game to win the World Cup. And uh, the format of it this time has been the round robin of all teams playing everyone. Um, it sets up for you know a good, exciting um, part before you get to the finals. So 
India, I really like Australia's, and I'll delve into that, why that why I think Australia are a good chance. Um, the other part, South Africa, in terms of their run making, that's credit to Australia. We've warmed them up beautifully by going out there. <laughs> and uh, so credit to Australia um, and scoring over 400. Uh, it's going to happen a few times in this World Cup. And I was questioned uh, just during the week um, with another one of our SEN hosts uh, around the nation who said, is it possible that we can we can see a total over 500 in a one-day game? I think it's possible mm. and probable. Uh, given the conditions in India, these wickets are absolute batting paradises. The outfield is lightning fast and the grounds are pretty small. So if a couple of players get on a heater, it could be unstoppable. So And particularly against some of the, the lesser attacks mm. that they may not be able to stop the bleeding. So maybe that's a, a bold prediction for the rest of the tournament. We might see a total we over might have, 500. Might have to get a market up on betfair.com.au. <laughs> Team to score 500 in the World Cup. There you go. <laughs> We'd be the strangest of all time. Yeah, South Africa, stark contrast, isn't it, too, Bryce? 20 years ago in the World Cup, there was that Duckworth-Lewis little muck-up for them and that knocked them out of the World Cup against Sri Lanka when the rain came and... This time round, 20 years later in the same tournament, 5 for 428, they register and they win by 102 runs over the same opponent. You mentioned the Aussies, Bryce. How do you think they'll fare against the Indians? Yeah, I think uh, against the Indians, look, it's it's nearly a flip of the coin. India would go in as favourites. Australia just slide outsiders. But uh, look, I'm... I'm I'm really pleased with the way they've prepared. Um, a little bit of soreness to Adam Zampa. That's a bit of a, a blow. He'll be right to play. They've got a few players t- that are touch and go. The biggest blow in terms of our injury concerns, I think at this stage, has been Travis Head. He's a huge blow mm. in one-day cricket for Australia. He's critically important. Good to see Steve Smith feeling that he's overcome that wrist injury. That hampered his whole ashes. So he's over that. And Stoinis has got a bit of a niggle as well. He won't be up for this first game. But... Um, the, the injuries aside, I, I really like the way that they've been able to play. They've, uh, they've evolved even further. And I'm talking of Marnus Labuschagne, who um, his first foray into the one-day game, you know, he was striking about 75 and tapping the ball round and chewing up a lot of dot balls. He doesn't do that now. He had to evolve his game. And that was under some guidance from coach Andrew McDonald that said, we don't need that. We need you to be able to hit boundaries and get up the other end. So more drop and run, more hit singles. And what he's found by just doing that dropping and singles and rotating the strike is that these boundary balls are just coming for him. And um, it's a great formula for him to learn and for others out there, I suppose, who are playing cricket all around the nation, is the fact that that's what happens. And he's found it at the top level. So his form has been really, really good. He'll cover for Travis Head. Travis Head should be available for the last four games. But he's an important cog now, and he is striking up around 100, and he's got some acceleration too in his innings. But that, that's been an important development. But I really like the, our top order. I like um, the way that Dave Warner um, knows the conditions there inside and out, I like, and his experience in India and uh, from the top of the order. It's going to be a, a new ball game a lot. And uh, obviously at the top of the order with him will be Mitch Marsh, who's been in terrific form as well. So I think we've got it covered all at the top where we can attack the new ball. And then we've got this terrific firepower. And um, obviously not to underestimate the the value of a Glenn Maxwell as well, that that sort of power hitting, but 360 degree hitting and the knowledge of Indian conditions as well. So I I think Australia are primed. They're bowling attack the three quicks. That's what we'll leverage. And, uh, And they've all proven to be highly successful in India and simply just bowling their best ball with a change of pace. And 
I think we shape up really strongly for this tournament. We're coming in with some mixed form. Obviously, we lost five um, ODIs in a row, but the Australia two dollars fifty odd on betfair.com.au. I just want to get your opinion on the makeup of the, the final team. We've uh, chopped and changed our lineup a lot in the lead up. Two quicks and a lot of all rounders, or are we going in with the three quicks um, for most of the series? No, Tommy, I reckon we'll go with the three quicks. Uh, it'll be Cummins, Stark and Hazelwood. Um, new ball, old ball skill, middle overs, strike weapon um, uh, with, with all of them. They can be all adaptable at, at the big push time. Um, they're very flexible. They've got all bases covered. So, look, I think that's where they, they will go. They'll leverage our strength. Um, they have mixed it around. You're right. And uh, it, that's just through personnel and finding things out. I like that they found out that Marcus Stoinis in South African conditions is really good opening the bowling, getting the ball to swing and, and do those types of things, and then good at closing out the innings as well. So they've adapted. They've found more. Um, but I think it will be leveraging around the three quicks. It'll definitely be Adam Zampa, who's um, at the top end of the, the best spinners in one-day cricket, white ball cricket, really, T20 as well. So he'll get that opportunity. He had an expensive um, outing uh, in South Africa, but he'll he'll be good to go, and it's important um, that he's uh, firing well. And Glenn Maxwell, don't underestimate the value of his off-spin as well and experience. So he's a complete package. Hopefully that... Uh, that leg break and um, the little uh, setback that he had recently, hopefully that is all clear um, and, and he can continue to perform at 100%. But I, I like the way it can work out. And then you've got Mitch Marsh to, to, to bowl some overs if they need to, if they need to go to those sort of all-round capabilities. But uh, I, I, I like the attack. Um, you've got to back your strength and it's definitely the three quicks. Former Australian and Victorian spinner Bryce McGain joining us. Bryce, just quickly before we let you go, the Sheffield Shield, of course, on at the moment. Were you disappointed in South Australia, particularly given Tasmania? They obviously got the victory, Tasmania, in the Shield match by seven wickets, and they're on top of the Marsh One Day Cup as well. But Tasmania had a multitude of absences. Riley Meredith, Billy Stanlake, Nathan Ellis, Tim Ward, Jake Doran with split webbing, and, of course, Peter Siddle and Jackson Bird have left there as well. And they still beat the South Australians quite convincingly. That mustn't all go well for the Redbacks, I would have thought. Yeah, it's interesting, South Australia. They, they would have been um, all exuberant and excited with their day one performance. They've got a score over 300. Yeah. Now, Tasmania do let up a lot of scores over 300 in Shield cricket. It, it could be costly as we go through the season once again for them. And as you say, with the players they had have out of the team in Bird and Siddle, um, they were still letting up 300 uh, run scores in first innings last year. So th- that's a bit of an Achilles heel for them. But I, I think South Australia at times, when they're on top, they... Uh, they forget to keep applying the mm. pressure. Or maybe they don't forget it. They they tend to just release it. So they scored, um, they, they were flying along. They scored their 300 off 60-odd overs. And so they were playing their own version of baseball, maybe a biz ball for Eddie um, <laughs> Gillespie. But, um, and then they just let it go a bit. They, they, they again, the, the valve just releases and um, Tasmania just ground their way back into the game and ended up um, winning. So, Look, I guess they're teams that are evolving. They're teams that are learning. Um, and, you know, they, they haven't had a lot of winning over recent years. So it, it's um, it, it's part of the evolution, and particularly South Australia. that They've, they've struggled in, in recent times in the Shield. And, uh, and it's another um, not yet. Um, it's a learning opportunity for them. But they, they should have, after that great start, been able to consolidate. And I would have expected to see a lot more growth in the way that they go about their Shield cricket. 
And the Vicks went down to WA as well. Just quickly, Bryce, last one. The West Indies 4 for 30 at the moment in the women's ODI against Australia. But how good was Hayley Matthews during the week? Oh. And Phoebe Litchfield as well, 52 off 19 deliveries. She's still so young and plenty of scope for improvement there as well. Matthews is absolutely outstanding for the West Indies. Um, unfortunately, not playing this game. You did yep. say that at the start. Um, which is a bit of a blow for the game because uh, it's kind of um, all in on Matthews or, or not really in, in Australia right on top at the moment as that game continues on. Um, Phoebe Litchfield, we saw her as a 16-year-old in the in the WBBL yeah. and, uh, you know, she's just blossomed now into a, a terrific international player, the, the young left-hander. She, she's a, a real star of the game, a great bubbly personality and energetic the way she plays, always with a smile on her face, but so steely determined underneath all that as well. So she's exactly what Australia needs, and she's showing that she's international ready at such a young age. Yeah, very down to earth from Orange, of course, in New South Wales. Bryce, we really appreciate your time on this Sunday morning, mate. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and enjoy the cricket as well. Always great to catch up with you, Damo and Tommy. Have a ripper afternoon. Good stuff. Bryce McGain joining us here. Great to hear that insight there, Tommy, as always with Bryce. Very, very generous with his time. Oh, fantastic to hear from him. I wonder how much sleep he's getting over the next couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> a lot of cricket on. So um, like the Ashes again, it's been a big year for cricket followers.